so many of these things we're talking about, we talk about that initial setup takes a little time, but you get that time. Anything, we can generate a list. It's, it's, it's variety. And I, there isn't one way better than the other for, yeah. you know, I, I suppose in certain situations there is. Well, nothing is perfect, right? No. Right. Yeah. It's teaching them that concept. Allow them that autonomy where, all right, as long as you guys can do what we're asking you to do, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, this is, this is, class is for fun too. I want you to not ever be able to be with your best buddy. Welcome physical educators. This is Thinking PE. Because FIAD is more than just fun and games. I'm Stacy Nelson. And I'm Jamie Seneca. And it's our goal to dig deeper beyond the activities that make your class awesome. So buckle up and join us on this journey. Stacey, we're in round two of this discussion we had on, on us making partners and choosing our groups and, and the why behind it. Yeah, we're kind of picking up where we left off in the last podcast. We kind of really honed in on just specifically partners in that last uh, in the last podcast. And now we're going to kind of expand with, with kind of the same ideas behind it, the same themes, but we're really going to focus on what what new techniques or what to think about when you're choosing um, to put kids in larger groups than just partners. Yeah. What I liked about the last podcast was we got a number of different strategies for, for uh, partners. We're going to do the same thing when we talk about groups here is a number of different strategies, but what we did with each of those is really dig into the, why you would use this strategy over why you would use this other strategy. And, you know, what we did come up with was there really wasn't a wrong, a wrong answer to it. Right. Right. It was, it was kind of more, well, it was three things basically, right? It was in your thinking about why you would use one thing over another, it usually came down to, are you trying to protect students' emotions? You know, trying to do a completely different activity so the kids, you know, the kids don't get singled out at all. So you're kind of protecting them. Fairness. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or the second piece would be hitting it head on and addressing the elephant in the room and teaching kids how to be fair, teaching kids how to make, you know, um, other people not feel alienated when they did their partners. And it would be the similar thing here with, if you're making groups, how to make not kids feel like they're not being left out. And then that third one, you want to address that? And that was just flat out efficiency. You know, that the other ones, they do, they do take quite a bit of time, but sometimes you just need a group, a group. And what we're going to discuss a group right now, or you need to partner up right now just some of those fast ways to do it yeah and it's been interesting since we recorded um that whole, whole piece and now coming to this piece where we're going to release uh, this second podcast i've used several of these things that we've discussed it was it was fun to have uh, a bunch of these tools in my tool bag and it, it was good because i had to address or i had to change some things i, I used some creative stuff but then i'm like oh my gosh when i did that I can't use that. My time was used up. So I actually need to go to something that just is instantaneous, get, get the groups done and move on. And so it was really good to have a variety of tools that I could change according to fit into my lesson plan. Uh, it was, I just think the more tools we give teachers, um, the, the better situations we'll be in. Yeah. We just found that the most important consideration was just to know your why. Think about, think about why you're doing it a certain way. You know, and in this next section, we, we, we talk with our, our good friend from New Mexico, Justin Black. He was the teacher of the year down there in New Mexico, and a, a, he's been a, re, a, a regular contributor to the podcast here. And uh, one of those, what I'm excited for is one of the areas we did talk about 
ironically, it really, I saw some posts on it on Facebook later after we recorded was on picking, uh, uh, choosing captains. And we just kind yeah. of touched on that a little bit. And that was, uh, that was interesting on how, how relevant that became. So, you know, let's take a listen to this next section. And I have, um, over time with some of my older kids, pulled them aside at the beginning of class and go, okay, today your job is to help with this scenario yeah, or with this thing that we're going to work on. Yeah, I, I know you're really good at soccer. So when I put you in this group, I'm putting you in this group because I need you to help me with that group. Yeah. You know, make it a stronger group. Don't be upset because, oh, I have to be with this group. No, you're my assistant today. And so that changes their outlook. They're changing to think about it. Yeah. But I'll let them pick their groups and then I'll go in and take their groups apart. Okay. And I go, you know, I think I need to make some changes because things are going to work better. And, and I won't move one kid or two kids. I'm moving four or five kids. Okay. And so it's not obvious that I need to get you out of this group. Okay. I'm going to start with, I'm going to move this kid over here because that looks, that works better. Or I'll move this kid over here. And then I can move this one over there because now we have a more level group. Okay. Group. And so you use those terminologies of why you're trying to do what you're doing. But we talk about those things all the time. Like um, one of the things that I will never do intentionally on my end is I never put the two best kids together in a group. You know, Even if it's it, just partners, partners playing catch or warming up their arms? Pretty rarely because I want those kids to interact because they're going to be who, when they go to recess, that's who they're going to play with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When they go do something, that's who they're going to play with. And I go, I need you to do this a little differently. And we're not here for you. We're here for us. So my groups are in sixes yep. for that reason. So row one and row two, row three, row four, yep. right now you have six people in a group. Yep. Mm -hmm. But if I turn around and I come to the side of the groups, yeah. now I have A, B, C, D, E, F. Yes. And I, I only have four rows or four kids in those rows. So now I have groups of four right yep. now. But again, I can go row one and row four, the first two. Yep. Partner, second two, third part, you know, and you go back and those are your partners. Yeah. So because of that numbering system, when they're already there, it's really easy to go find them. And then if I have a kid that's absent, I either make a group of three or I go, do we have two people absent? Okay. Right. You're down because they both are, don't have a yeah. partner there. There you go. And we're done. And it's super efficient. And you can take, you can fix that at the end in 10 seconds. Or less. Yeah. If there's one or two absences, you can figure it out. And I, I I like my it. kids know their squads. I mean, that's something they have yeah. to know. So you're going to use those systems when you know you've packed the day full and you want as much time for whatever activity you're going to be doing. You, you don't want to take four minutes for that conversation you right. were talking about earlier about, uh, you know, about the kind of the SEL aspect. You just need it to go quick and boom. So, so you've got these different systems yeah. in place so you can be either efficient or you can really be addressing the elephant in the room so to speak it's an interesting way to get to get random 
random teams, you know, all right, find a partner, rock, paper, scissors. If you win the rock, paper, scissors, go to this side of the gym. If you don't yep. win the rock, paper, scissors, go to this side of the gym. So now you had all your friends bunched together yep. to get to be partners, but now, now you just separated them. Okay. Now we've got two separate teams. Okay. Do it again. Find a partner. And they do it. They do it again. Okay. If you win, you go to this side of the gym. So now, now all of a sudden you have four different teams. Yeah. Yeah. Use, using that rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. It just goes to show how much the teacher really does have to pay attention to the groups that you make and where you want your strong people, where you, and, and then there's times when you can let kids just be with who they want to, you know, depending on what the activity is and allow them that autonomy where, all right, as long as you guys can do what we're asking you to do, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, this is, this is classes for fun too. I want you to not ever be able to be with your best buddy. And the teacher has to have a good rein on when to use different techniques. You know, a way to find groups, groups of four, uh, which is, it, it is actually fairly, fairly fast, but you do have to count the cards but you have a deck of cards, you know, there's four of each card and you have the kiddos, they, they put the card on their forehead. They have no idea what card they are, but they have to find their group of four. So the whole class does the, you as an individual have no idea what card you are, you are. but you can see what everybody else is. So you see the kids helping each other find their group. And it, it actually, you know, obviously the, the older the kids, the quicker, the, the quicker it goes. But um, with partners, with that, that same activity with partners where you have to find the you know, the same, the, the two black fours have to be together and the two yeah. red fours have to be together. That takes a little bit longer, but, uh, you know, it, it's a, it's a creative way and a, and a, and a critical thinking way to get kids to find out, find their group or find their partner. Now, do you allow people to tell somebody they, else? They cannot talk. Is? They cannot talk. Oh, so if I see you two have, have fours, I can put you two together, but I have no idea what card I am. And no, so you can't tell them. Nope, you can't, you can't, you can't signal. So yeah. it, it's a, it's a, it's a cooperative, it's, it's, I use it as a cooperative game, but it's also a way you can find, find groups and uh, groups and partners. Yeah. Of the importance of nonverbal communication. True, yeah. true. Yeah. So again, you're changing your purpose a little bit. Isn't to get them in groups as fast as you can. It's to, again, teaching nonverbal, to teach problem solving, to teach um, different types of things in there. Yeah. I, it's, it's so fun. I don't, I haven't thought this much about groups. I've heard a bunch of these ideas, but so, I get on my own rut and I kind of do my, do what I do. And it's, it's fun to get these new ideas. I'm kind of curious of some new ways you let's just paint this picture where you have stations set up in your gym. You have, you have six stations, you have eight stations set up in your gym and you know, the preferred method, or the, and I shouldn't say the preferred, my preferred method of what I would do is, you know, I just, you, you four over there, you four over there, you four over there. You know, not real creative in, in that manner, but a quick way to do it. And as I'm picking students, I'm putting putting groups of students that are going to be successful together. I'm just curious, what are some other ways that you would find that you would put groups, how, how, how you would group those students if you had stations all set up? Beyond yeah. just beyond just the random what I would do, and like I say, something, yeah. something other than just U6 over there, U6 over there. So one of the things that we've done and it doesn't necessarily answer your question because they're already in the groups, but we will only let one kid rotate at a time. Oh, that's interesting. So now you have a group of four, but they're going to end up working with a lot more people because one person's going to leave their group when we rotate and a new person's going to come in. 
gosh, that's got the wheels turning. I've never, never thought about that to put them in. Or the other one that we've done is a rotation of three. So you still have four, but one of you has to stay there and teach the next group of three mm -hmm. how to do this activity. And those three leave. And so the same person can't stay behind every time. Right. Yeah. So you're, you're going to have, you'd have different stations then because you'd be going to a different type of station. They're going to teach. Um, I'm trying to think of the other one where you were explaining, Jamie, how, how that works with rotating. Would you have similar stations? You just want to rotate groups meeting? Yeah, I was, I was thinking, you know, how, how, my, my initial question was just how, how do you put them in groups? Yeah. You know, other than just saying, you know, you six are going to group, you six go to station one, you six go to station two, you six yeah. go to station three, but it kind of morphed into how, how you would rotate your groups. Right. And that was a, I've never, ever thought about that of rotating part of a group or an individual. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really hard to monitor. <laughs> it's another thing you have to teach it because yeah. You could try to, I tried to do it. And it's like, oh, well, you know, I, I would, I would take it on. I don't want to give it up, but yeah, I, 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 I would take it on as any, any other thing you try new, right? Like the first time you opened up the chat in distance learning, right. I, I can assure yes. you that you had some kid hold down the X button Yep. for 25 rows because you hadn't established that culture. You right. hadn't, and it's the same thing. The first time I, I'm going to try this, Justin, and the first time I try it, I'm sure I'm going to have. <laughs> so, some 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 problems to address yeah. but you know you just, you, it, it's a teach it's a teachable moment yeah well you teach it or you try it with your older kids yeah oh you, you don't try everything with kindergarten no you pick your oldest group first and, and, and learn your mistakes yeah. yeah but now think about it in these terms how many times have you done a an activity at stations and you get going and you get to the fourth or fifth rotation. And one of the kids goes, I don't know how to do this station. And neither does anybody else. Cause they didn't pay attention or they didn't remember what they're supposed to be doing when they got there. Mm -hmm. Well, if one kid always has to stay behind and you can even make it where you are picking, Hey, let's do the rock, paper, scissors thing, or let's do, you know, right. whatever. And this is who stays behind. So all of you have to know how to do this activity. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Because the next group needs to learn how, yeah. and your job is to teach them, which is another one of those concepts, right? Yeah, you could number the kids. Everybody, you know, they're, they're one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. This time, four stay behind. Yeah. You know, and the next time, two stay behind, and that'd be another way to do it. Yeah. I've had good luck, JB, and this, it's not fancy, but I've had good luck, you know, if I have those eight stations basically saying, you know, figure out the numbers. I, I'm going to have some groups of three and some groups of four, you know, based on your numbers and just say, can't have any less than three. Can't have any more than four. And if you have three and you see somebody wandering around, now we've discussed enough. To, I say, what do you do? And they say, be an inviter, you know, and that, that, that type of a thing. And it really goes pretty quick where, Okay, I got to that. Oh, that group's already got four. Okay, I got to go find somewhere else. And it's not fancy, and it's letting them choose their own group. Oh. I was just gonna say, um, 
you know, we use six different colors of equipment is, is pretty common. I mean, when you get gopher equipment yes. or and, and I shouldn't even say gopher, but just equipment comes in six different colors generally, generally. And, you know, one of our instant activities, kids come in, they we give them a hula hoop and they just start hula hooping. And, uh, you know, then we have our station set up or however we're going to do it. And, and even if we're going to do teams, you could say, okay, the green, green, yellow, and blue hula hoops over yeah. there, red, orange, and purple over on the side over here. Or if you have six stations set up, set up red, yellow, just go right yeah. down the color, the colors of the rainbow and, and a way to, uh, a way to quickly group them. And as I'm handing out hula hoops, I can also be pretty strategic how, who gets what color or who's, who's yeah, grouped if, with who, if I need to go down that road, if but you now, need to be, yeah. if I need to mix things up, one person can rotate or three people can rotate. So I've got that in my toolbox now. Okay. Yeah. That, uh, that came up on Facebook too. I, I thought that was a really good idea. Okay. Do you ever use captains to pick teams? No. Oh, interesting. That's a great question, Stacey. Cause no, I, I, I see it at recess all the time, even though that's something that, you know, as a culture, I would try to avoid. Yeah. Boy, I wonder if we could give the kids some recess skills of finding other ways to, to do the, the teams, or maybe they just, they love to, what's a love hate relationship. You know, <laughs> Kids just love to feel that pain of, of picking teams. I don't know. That, that's an interesting thought, though, is to try to give kids other strategies to, to pick teams. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm hoping that the skills that we've given them on everybody's part of our family, and we're not here to you know, the term pile drive anybody, sure. that they've, they're learning. Like, we'll talk a lot about, you know, the two best kids aren't going to be on the same team. If you're going to have captains, that has to be your two captains. But that still doesn't help the kids that get shows last, the last well, five kids. That culture of you have to include everybody. And we, I've actually had a couple that do this. Now, this is extremely rare where um, it's that concept of go get boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl, because that helps that to some extent. Yeah. But the other one is um, as they're picking, I'll go over and go, okay, you need to pick so-and-so. Or I'll go over and go, you need to pick so-and-so yeah. and, and get them to, to understand that concept of you've now got two or three of your friends. You need to bring somebody else into the family. Yeah, that's a really good point because my initial thought with captains was right away. The kid that's the, the kids that picked last and protecting that and rightfully so protecting that kid. Absolutely. But in, in a way it's, it's very similar to say, if you pick a partner, it's that kid that's drifting back and, Without, without, without throwing the baby out with the bathwater, you know, that, that saying, how do we, how do you create that culture where you can still have those captains and I'm still have captains. And just like you said, in a way, still protect those students that were, we're going to get picked last. And how, yeah. how do you, yeah. How do you bridge that gap? I just find it so hugely inefficient. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's a time waster if there ever was one. Um, so well, yeah. A way, a way, a way to, a way to, reinforce building like justin said building a family you know if, right. yeah. if your goal is efficiency i agree i absolutely agree if you if you do the teaching with it yeah i i think i just can that's kind of just was my thought one more question do you ever do girls against boys well let me rephrase that <laughs> you just shook your head i don't think that, that very, shaking of the head doesn't podcast real well <laughs> um very rarely will i do that yeah 
Now, when we do, it's it's something like we'll do builders and bulldozers with cup stacks mm -hmm. where you're building the pyramids and taking them down. And we're doing a timed event. And we've done this group against that group and this group against this group. And we've done, you know, all of these things. And I'll go, okay, all the girls go. Okay. And so the, all of the girls from all the different groups are coming together. Okay, now all the boys. But it's not a part of a normal thought yes. process of, hey, we're going to play a game, girls against boys. Yeah. Yeah. I've, so you I've, might distinguish, but you don't really put pit them against each other and divide by that line very often. No. Yeah. I, I, I haven't, I haven't done it in a, it's mm -hmm. just when it, when I see it, I, I see a level of competition that I'm not comfortable with. Right. It's almost, it just becomes like this game all of a sudden just became the Super Bowl. Yeah, and yeah. it's just like, I, so when, whenever I've seen it, seen it done, it's just the, the, the level of competition is just way past my comfort zone. Hey, Jamie, I'd like to jump back to one of the, one of the things that was came up there that I thought was pretty unique. Um, and that's where Justin was talking about rotating one student at a time. And, and uh, we've been talking about that, about uh, it's kind of brilliant. You can change groups just by have, having them pick one student, move. And I mean, it doesn't work for everything you're doing as a teacher, depending on how you need your station set up and what you got going. But um, I kind of like that idea of, of varying things up instead of switching a whole group, switch one kid. And you can do that in a variety of ways too. Just, you know, the tallest kid in the group move or wh whatever you want to do that way. So I, I just want to kind of highlight that. I thought that was kind of unique. Yeah, it's something I've never done before. And it really falls under that first consideration of, of protecting your emotions where you're not really, you know, you're not really singling anyone out there. You're moving anyone for a specific reason. Nobody's left out, and, yep. but it's a way to, uh, to mix up your groups. And yeah, I'm, I'm actually pretty excited to try that. You know, I think yeah. we made a good point though. Yeah. We don't want to, we don't want to try these with kindergarten first. I don't generally don't no. pilot pilot my new activities with kindergarten. No, not unless you want some good stories of what not to do. <laughs> For so, sure. So, but there are some well, other. What? Yeah, I go ahead. There are some other. There are some other ones just about that. That kind of centered around that protecting the student emotions. That's like uh, you know, things like using colors of equipment, where you know all the all the red hula yeah. hoops. You're on. You're at station number one. All the yellow hula hoops. You're at at two or or however you, you choose to split it. Yep. And and then were there any more you wanted to hit there or do you want to move, talk about the, uh, uh, were you hitting it head on and addressing the idea of um, the emotions? Yeah, just a couple more that, you know, that, that had the perception of, from the students, just the perception of being fair was, you know, yeah. we, we talked about the rock, paper, scissors. We talked about using cards. And then of course, you know, the with, with technology now, you've got the, the, the yes. auto group generator we just you know whether it's kids have student id numbers or you actually have the kids names in there which takes a little yeah. bit of work but you just auto generate your groups and these are just those fair ways to protect the kids emotions that there's you know it's fair there's no nobody's left out nobody, yep. nobody sneaks back into the shadows yeah and, and but, I, I think that's important to be thinking about um be thinking about those things but it's not the only consideration. Yeah, it definitely has its place. But this next one where we talk about addressing that emotion, you know, that, that came up with, so we have the student backing into the shadows. How do we address that? How do we, yeah. how do we actually give the tools for self-advocacy and self-confidence so that, that those students aren't falling back in the shadows? And you made a great, you made a great 
a great, uh, gave it a great name about being an inviter and Justin called it being part of the family. Yeah. I, I think I really, I really gelled with that. When uh, we, we talked about it a little bit last on, on the last podcast and some of the teachers we've talked to and gave us these ideas and, and it, from my personality, I like to address things head on and it really feels good to be teaching the kids how to self-advocate, how to um, be aware of beyond their own nose, you know, realize there's, realize there's other people's feelings that could be hurt or somebody that's not in a group. They might not even be, have their feelings hurt, but how good does it just feel to be invited in, you know, that type of a thing. And, and for that matter, teach the kids when you reach out and you invite somebody else, how good does that feel for you too? Yeah. And I'm, that's what I'm really hoping is that that spills over into the classroom, into other places where they just kind of realize by acting that way, by looking to others and realizing other kids have emotions too, that maybe that, that they'll start acting this way and doing those things beyond just when we're picking teams. They'll do it in, like I said, in the classroom or out in the playground or other places. Yeah, and I like that autonomy that it gives allowing students choice of, of choosing their own groups. But you know, it yeah. does take that time to pre-teach. But then again, the benefit there is that we discussed the we discussed the, the benefits of social emotional learning in previous podcasts. And that really, really ties directly into social emotional learning. Yeah. And you do get that time back. I yeah. mean, I've noticed that with the groups that I've felt I've really done a good job of teaching with now, many classes, I can just say, all right, I need, <laughs> I need this many groups, no more than four in a group, no less than three go. And even, even faster than what I could point kids to groups, they find them and they're ready for the next direction and yeah. ready, ready to go. So you, you, you do buy that time back in, in so many ways. You know, so the other part of this addressing the emotions was we, we kind of touched on on the, on, the, on the captains. And what really caught my interest is after we recorded this, I saw a whole Facebook thread on, on choosing captains. And, and I have to be honest, I've never used captains as a, as a teacher, uh, but I see yeah. it all the time at recess. And I was just thinking, just because I've never used it doesn't mean it doesn't have its place. Right. It's, I really haven't thought about how can I make it, you know, we go back to that social emotional learning and it's generally such a bad experience. And there's always that kid that's picked last and we want to protect protect those emotions and it takes forever but there's got to be some benefits there and i just wanted to chat about that a little bit yeah and i i think if nothing else maybe it's place even if it takes a lot of time even if you talked about a few of the potential negatives if we can again give kids the tools they are going to pick they are going to use this out on the playground they're, yeah. they're going to use captain. So we don't use it in the class because we have our reasons or, and we found out a lot of people do use it. And I, I don't want to come across it just because you and I haven't had that as part of our, our toolbox that it never should be used. Or uh, I'm guessing other teachers that use it have a good reason for doing it, but maybe that's part of it is they, they want to teach kids. How do you do the, How do you pick teams when you're out on the playground? If you don't use captains, do you, I don't know. Do you, do you have any ideas to help kids if they were to say, yeah, I hate when we pick captains out there. If you had some kids come to you, ask you that. Uh, what's a more fair way to do it out in the playground? What would you recommend to kids do? Have you thought about it? You know, they could do a lot of the same ways that we do it in the gym class, whether it's, you know, the rock, paper, scissors to choose teams, get with a partner. And one, if you win, you go to this side, if you don't win, you go to that side. 
Um, yeah. But they're, they're ultimately, they, they like doing the captains or yes. some of them, they want that opportunity. So I really like what you're saying about give them the tools to be successful doing that. Yeah. So what would you recommend if they really wanted to pick teams? Would you put some guidelines on it? I think we absolutely need to have some guidelines and Justin kind of, kind of touched on it at, there at the end when he talked about, you know, pulling some kids aside and saying, you know, even though you're, you're picking, packing, picking, picking your teams, you know, the students that are going to be picked last. So let's pick them somewhere in the middle, pick them, pick them first, yeah. let yeah. them be the captains, you yeah. know? So just, I guess I really haven't thought about really haven't given it much thought about how I can make it work. And that's, I just, I'm just, I'm very, very intrigued by it. Yeah. I know when I was in middle school, I had a pretty good FIAD teacher and um, he would do the captain thing. He would let captains pick, but he let the captains pick like the first four kids. So you get that feeling of, you know, the, the kids love, but then after that, he had a way of just going boom, 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 and just dividing, dividing kids up. So it wasn't one kid that wasn't picked. It was half the class that wasn't picked. And so there, there maybe is something in there where you could have the kids. Yeah. Okay. Pick, pick your first four. You, that captain picks their first four and then now maybe find a way maybe paper rock scissors for the other the, the rest of the crew so yeah you didn't get picked as part of those first four but you weren't the only one you know that that type of a thing again it's protecting those emotions it, it's not really addressing it like we've been talking about um where you're having kids reach out pur purposely to the kids that often aren't picked or you're you're helping the kids understand the feelings around it, but it would make it a little bit more fair and protect yeah. the emotions a little bit. I don't know. Any, any other thoughts? You know, it just off the top of my head, what came is maybe, maybe you and I are captains and I pick your team and you pick my team. Hmm. So Interesting. You know, granted the person that the person that was going to get picked last is probably going to be the one picked first, but now we got to kind of talk about that. You know, so if I pick somebody for your team, how are you going to react to that? make sure it's an appropriate reaction and, and like you like you said an inviting reaction in, or like justin said into the family versus a, a big sigh of oh we have to take him yeah i think that would be the, the real big part of this that uh, is teaching kids how to react and not uh, again just being aware of others emotions if you give a big sigh what what did you what message did you send and yeah. being making kids fully aware and, and having those discussions maybe in class and, and even that maybe that's all it takes is a few of those discussions about you know, helping people not um not point out others weaknesses so to speak <laughs> with those sighs or with the the oh uggs and that type of a thing and maybe even encourage kids to compliment each other even if a kid isn't great at something that they would be encouraged in some way or i'll take him or i don't know I, it is an interesting discussion we didn't have a lot of um dialogue about this ahead of time it's so i feel like it's kind of spinning in circles a little bit but it'll be interesting well, to see if others get a train of thought from this uh, and maybe another facebook thread starts somewhere and that was really my goal is like that was really my goal with that was was not to not to, not to put it in a wrong or right box, but just to right. have a discussion about it and kind yeah. of just think, think what, what, think, think about, think about the why. What could be yeah. the benefits be of it? You know, because yeah. the, the next part is the efficiency, the next consideration, and that was, you know, that's just the the flat out. We need groups as fast as we can get them so we can get yeah. this day started. I've got a lot, 
you know, a lot of activities. We have a fire drill in 10 minutes. So I want to get some, get some things done. And yeah. that's where you just, you have your, your squads where you know, yeah. one, two, three, four can go over here. Um, teachers choose, you know, you four go over there. And the whole goal of those was, was simply speed. Yep. Or even some teachers make groups ahead of time. They have yeah. them all, yeah, I'm all laid out <clears throat> before the class even gets there. Uh, another, obviously, that's very efficient for class time as well. So, th no, that's, yeah, that's it, a really good it, one too. It all boils down to that, that piece of trying to figure out what are you really trying to accomplish here. You know, are you trying to accomplish some SEL or are you trying to um, are you trying to get some skills? So you want kids with a ball in their hand as much time as possible. So, what what are you really looking to do? Yeah, it's. It's a big deal. Yeah. So, you know, and it just goes back. We, we kind of narrowed whether it's, whether you're trying to get the students with partners or put the students in groups, it really, the why it comes down to three things. Are you trying to protect the students' emotions? Are you trying to address those emotions head on and with, uh, with social emotional learning? Are you just looking for flat out efficiency? And really the most important of, of the considerations is just to know the why. And that Jamie is thinking PE. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at ThinkingPE. Find us on all your favorite podcast providers by searching ThinkingPE. For more resources and videos, go to www.thinkingpe.com. Thanks for listening.